0: You are now listening to Supernatural Breakthrough with Mike Signorelli. The unseen realm, ancient wisdom, and your freedom awaits in this episode. Remember, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, a new episode drops. Come on, let's jump right in. I'm just going to jump in. Is that all right? Okay, so there are three types of people, three types of people, and you are one of these three people. I'm coming for you. All right. Now, the first type of person, um, let me explain what they're like. This person in this seat is what we'll call the natural person. Now, let me explain what a natural person is. It's someone who has not received Christ. So these are your friends, your family, your coworkers, people like they haven't. Now it doesn't mean that they haven't received Christianity. There's a difference between receiving Christianity and receiving Christ. Can I get an amen? Right? So it's possible that you can be this type of person that received Christianity. Matter of fact, when we're in worship moments like that, and you're like, I don't know what to do, but you've been going to church your whole life. You know how that happened? Your pastor gave you Christianity. (laughs) Okay. Y'all, come on. This is Papa Six. Can you hear me? Indiana, can you hear me? Okay, listen. Jesus woke up early every day before daybreak and prayed for hours. So if we pray for 20 minutes and you're like, that was a weird experience for me, but the whole point of being a disciple is being discipled to be like Jesus, then you have received Christianity more than Christ. I know that's convicting, but if you're going to be, I want to be like Jesus should include, I want to pray like him. And so what will happen is the longer you go into prayer, man, you'll discover something. It's an odyssey, really. I mean, anybody here, you, you, you have gone into the depths of prayer, and if you've ever gotten past an hour of just tearing, waiting, praying, you begin to just, I mean, have um, an incredible spiritual, supernatural experience. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. And I'm just, for those of you who are like, I've never heard of that before. You go find you an old church mother here in the room. Whoever you heard praying the loudest, you tell them, show them, tell them. Okay. Because prayer, um, has levels and layers, but, but think about this. How cheap is it that it got reduced to just repeat this after me? Repeat this after me is what you say to babies. But if I, as if, you know, there comes a point where like, as you learn to articulate your own words and form your own thoughts, you make your own sentences and your parents aren't saying, say that da. So religion is this immature spiritual experience of trying to teach you a language, but never letting you use it. So prayer occurs, deep levels of prayer, when you step into the fullness of it and you just, Ooh, here I am, Lord. And then when you run out of words to say, you wait and you listen. And then when you run out of words to say, you listen to some more. And then you start to pray in the spirit, which if you've never prayed in the spirit, you're missing out on some good prayer. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit will actually pray through you. Did you know about that? And the Bible says even through groanings and travailings, which means sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, "Uh, uh-uh, words are not needed here. <laughs> I'm taking you beyond words. Ooh, it's an amazing thing. And you'll start to contend and war and fight for things and rearrange things. And, you know, intercessors and prayer warriors make the news before it's news. People who understand the spiritual realm will say, oh, something was going to happen but never did because of the the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous that availeth much. It's another layer. But see, now I had to set all that up because the people who are in this seat, they they thought everything I just said is psychobabble. The people who sit in this seat, they are dead in their sin, and they are just natural-minded. Let me uh, give a little bit more. Um, These are the type of people that when you're like, hey, what's up, man? What's up? They're like, what's up, bro? What are you up to? I'm just doing my thing. Doing my thing. You know anybody like that? What's up? Oh, I'm grinding. Does anybody say that anymore? They do? Oh, I'm just on the grind. It's cringy, isn't it? Um, I'm just, you know, making it happen, making things happen. No, you're not. You're on your phone. You ain't doing nothing, <laughs> but you know, like just doing my thing, you know, think, slow that down. Doing my thing. That's what this is. This seat is that, let me read you a verse. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14, the natural person. So in other words, the person sitting in the seat does not accept the things of the spirit of God for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually, the things of God that are spirit are spiritually discerned. So I looked up that word folly in Greek because I wanted to get a little bit more accurate description. So in other words, the people who sit in this seat, your friends, your family members, your coworkers who are dead to, to, to sin dead because of sin. And, and they're sitting in this seat. They think that you're wrong but the loving, compassionate ones let you kind of go. Like they just say, oh yeah, yeah, he's in this church thing. It's his community. That's how they talk. Oh yeah, yeah, he, oh, she believes in prayer. Uh, you know, makes, him, makes her feel better. Have you heard your friends talk like that? Oh, it's just the, you know, the, oh, they like that. Commu- community. I hate the word community. You know why? I don't even think it makes sense biblically. We're not the Kiwanis. This is not the Key Club. This is not the YMCA. Those are communities. This is covenant. Jesus died so we can be this. You can leave a community, but you have to break a covenant to get out of it. And so when people are like, oh, what do you like about V1 Shares? The community. I'm like, we don't have community. Because in a community, you're like, well, I used to live in Amityville, but I upgraded to the North Shore. That's community. Community is like, I used to be a part of it, but I left because it didn't serve me. But covenant says, how can I serve you? You hear what I'm saying? So, and then pastors have adopted this phrase community because they think it's going to help grow their church, but I think it cheapens what Jesus died for. Covenant is, I don't even agree with you. But I love you and I'm not going anywhere because Jesus died so we can stay in unity. Did you know that one of Jesus's recorded prayers is that we would be one community? I don't. But see, this person, when you tell this person that we're a community, you know what they say? Yeah, I have that at the bar. Matter of fact, we're more loving because you all are judging each other and calling each other out on stuff. But we just accept each other the way we are. So in this seat, this person ain't coming to church because they're like, why would I go to your community? Because it's mean. And all they do is ask for your money. Oh, man, I'm being too real. But this person doesn't understand the things of the spirit. Matter of fact, when you give, if you are regenerated through Christ, you actually believe that when you're giving your money, you're taking it out of the governmental system and putting it into the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus receives it. So giving financially is a spiritual, it is the meat of the word to to give, which I'll get there in a second. So, but the thing is, when your friends and family see you give financially, that is not a spiritual thing to them. They just think that you give to charity because it makes you feel good. That's how this seat, right? No, no, no. Like like, like uh, Salvation Army, that's a charity, right? Um, we don't just give a hand out we give a hand up into heaven (laughs) like like we're saving souls now we did give over 200 families food last wednesday isn't that amazing but that's not the only reason we exist and for those of you who have friends that you're trying to show them how benevolent our church is because maybe they'll attend can i just tell you that they don't care If your friends cared about poor people, they would be handing out food to poor people. Your friends are just looking for a reason to judge the church. And you know where that spirit came from? Judas. Judas told Jesus, why are we not giving more money to the poor? And Jesus said, Judas, you don't care about poor people. So the people who sit in this seat, they'll make an accusation that they don't even believe because they're dead in their sin. And so look at this. Bring that scripture up, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. It says it's folly to them. This is the definition of folly. It's being ridiculous or wildly unreasonable. So this scripture says... So, you know, to the people who are dead in sin, the things of the spirit are ridiculously unreasonable to them. So that's so you know how we have that song. We see cancer disappear. Now, you see, you all got hyped up because you're alive in the spirit. So you actually think that we can pray a bold prayer of faith and cancer cells will die. But to your friends in this seat, that is wildly unreasonable. Does this make sense? And they just think it's the power of positive thinking. Yeah. Or here's another one, if, depending on how intellectual they are. It's placebo. No, no, no. It's resurrection power. But, you, but see, they don't believe that. Now, okay, for, now we just judge this seat. <laughs> now I'm sitting in your seat. <laughs> the carnal Christian. <laughs> oh, look, you don't like me no more. <laughs> All right, I'm going to break this down. This seat is the carnal Christian. Now, the carnal Christian is characterized by one who has received Christ, but who lives in defeat because he is trying to live the Christian life out of his own strength. Now, this is where it gets deep. Can I go deeper? So, this is the carnal Christian. Oh, I've received Christ. It's a legitimate conversion. I am now alive through him. But here's the thing I was discipled incorrectly. I was discipled to sing the song as loud as I could thinking that now he'll hear me. (laughs) And so watch. Hey, I would love for you to come to this worship night we have. When we start singing the music, man, we just feel good. We get chills. It's amazing. Yeah, man, I was listening to the new Post Malone album. I felt the same way. Oh, let me go old school for the old school. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Tiny Dancer by Elton John. And uh, (laughs) don't start singing it. But see, here's what happens when it's all in the natural realm still. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. See, oh, hey, I'd love for you to come to church, man. People are so loving. They're so accepting. Yeah, I felt the same way when I joined the Rotary Club. See, like you have no basis of evangelism in the carnal Christian seed because really they have something that's comparable because, it's, because what you have is not God. What you have is just good. And so they're like, well, I got some good too. Our musicians are good. Our community's good. Our initiatives to give to the poor and needy are good. And so now you're comparing good with good. This is why the American church is dying right now. Because for a while, the carnal Christians were like, oh, we'll make it smell good in the auditorium. We'll feed them donuts before church. We'll give them coffee to get caffeine. Then the caffeine will kick in by the third song. Then when my my really unbiblical sermon starts, nobody... I'm just saying, nobody, you know, they'll all be hyped up on sugar and caffeine. And so we were winning in this seat for a long time, but those days are over because now these people are saying it's, I have, listen, I have Lollapalooza. I have, uh, Woodstock just came back. That's sick. Uh, post pandemic, we got concerts without a vaccine. You know, it's like people are rationalizing good with good. Oh, let me read a scripture. You're like, man, happy Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) First Corinthians chapter three, verse one through three. First Corinthians chapter three. Now this scripture has been used by many Christians to leave their church. And it's the scripture that says, well, I'm leaving that church because that pastor doesn't preach the meat of the word. He preaches the milk. You know, he's, I won't say anybody's name, but he's kind of like that big guy in a stadium that just makes everybody feel good every week. And I don't want the milk, I want the meat. Now, now let, me, let me just tell you, you can leave our church. Uh, you know, we're not a cult. You can come and go as you please. But please, after I explain what this scripture really means, do you promise to not use it as a reason? <laughs> And let me tell you why the ironic thing about people leaving churches saying that they teach the milk and not the meat is that by virtue of even saying that they have misinterpreted it, <laughs> which is ironic. You understand that's ironic. I want the meat of the word, but you actually, uh, diagnosed this whole scripture wrong. So let me break it down for you. Cause the people in this carnal seat had to be dealt with by an apostle, which is why we have the scripture. So here's what it says. Let's read it together. And I brethren, could not speak to you. As spiritual men, I couldn't speak to you like a spiritual man, but also but a, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ, I had to talk to you like little babies. I you know, you okay, you hear the attitude? I'm trying to get the original intention back. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you're not able to receive the solid food. Okay, don't show the next verse. Go back. I knew you were gonna do it. <laughs> It's like prophetic slide changing. Are you back on it? And I, brother, couldn't oh, So let, let's listen to the, the way I'm saying it. I have a 15-year-old daughter named Bella, and I remember potty training her three years ago. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, I remember potty training her, and I remember I did reverse psychology and because I couldn't get her to get it, you know? And so she thought, you know how like little kids, like, I'm a big girl, right? And she didn't want to be potty trained. I remember saying, Bella... I guess you're not a big girl. You're really just still a whittle, whittle baby. Come here, let me put, you want a diaper? You know, and I was, I was doing that to her, you know? You, you, wanna, you want a whittle diaper? You want daddy put uh, powder on your butt? And I'm patronizing her. Now, what did she do? She didn't say, yeah, daddy. She said, no, I'm a big girl. And then she ran over the potty. And she (laughs) potted. This is my impression. (laughs) You never thought you'd see your pastor do that impression. But let me just tell you, when you get back to the actual authorial intention of this verse, it's more of like a reverse psychology where the apostle is telling. Now, let's read it again. Hey, brethren, brethren, I I couldn't speak to you as spiritual men. I, I couldn't do that but I had to speak to you as men of flesh as to in just little, little babies. I had to talk to you like little babies. I gave you milk to drink. I didn't give you solid food for you were not yet able to receive it. Now look at the next part. Now here's why. Indeed, even now, hey, even right now, you're not, re- you're not ready. You're not ready. You're, but why? For you are still fleshly. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I thought that the milk versus the meat was intellectual versus ignorant. But it's actually obedience versus disobedience. It's, oh, come on, somebody. And so the milk or the meat of the word is not dependent on the communicator, but rather the one who hears it and whether or not they walk in it. And so it's not about how eloquently I preach, it's about how effectively you walk it out. So what happens is we've made milk into meat into can they razzle dazzle me with words? Well, why don't you impress me with your faith walk? That's the meat. That's what he would, look, let me break it down. It says, I wanted to give you meat. I can't because you are still fleshly. Not because I don't know how to contend with the Greek Hellenist and the Jews and break down the Aramaic. I mean, Paul was a theologian. Paul was a scholar, but he didn't equate milk and meat to how intelligent you were, but rather how obedient you were. This is the proper understanding of the scripture. And it says, for since there's jealousy... I know our church ain't like that, but there's churches like that that are jealous. Since there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly, you widow, baby? But I love this part because he's provoking righteous anger. He's being Chef Ramsay, the apostle. He really is. I mean, I love, I love Chef Ramsay. I think he'd be the most prolific church planner alive if we can get him saved. When I come to London for the Domino Revival, I'm like, bring me Chef Ramsay. You're in my kitchen now, homie. Come on, I'm about to be your nightmare. But he has a gift of angering people to motivation. And if you've ever been around someone great, they will anger you to change. God does that some. Have you ever been so, I'm so tired of weighing this much, I'm going keto. Well, that's what happened to me. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, I'm told, so tired of being broke, I'm gonna make a budget. See, th- this is what he's doing, because watch, I, I feel, I think maybe as I grow as a spiritual father, it's easier to understand. Look, and are you not walking like mere men? But see, that's, a, that's an empowering statement, but it'll make you righteously angry. What he's saying is, you're not mere men. Why are you acting like it? Ooh, that's, it's a compliment. When Chef Ramsey's grabbing, come on, you know, you egg sandwich, you know, whatever he says, you donut. What he's actually saying, is it idiot sandwich? Okay, praise God. When Chef Ramsey's grabbing somebody and, and he, really what he's saying is, I care about your business more than you. You're willing to let this business die, but I'm here to save it. There's greatness inside of And see what the apostle is doing in this verse is he's saying like, why are you acting like mere men? The resurrection powers inside of you. You're all fighting each other jealous. You should be raising the dead. You should be casting demons out. You should be praying for the sick. You should be telling the gospel to everyone around you. Why are you shooting your own wounded in this army? You need to go to the front lines and start taking some territory. You're acting like babies. So that's what this is. Do you guys receive that in love? Yeah. Okay, good. That was a good yes. So this one is uh this seat. But the problem with this seat is that you do this in your own energy, your own effort, your own expenditure. Like to really be sitting in this seat, it's just it's it's almost like you you do this carnal Christian thing because. The alternative to this is you go back to the world or you go to full surrender. How many of you hate being stuck in the middle? This is the worst place to be. See, at least there you had a little bit of fun. (laughs) I mean, you paid for it the next day. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever been in this place where you know too much now? You've tasted, you've experienced God. And this seat is torture. Man, there's a lot of pastors doing ministry out of this seat. There's a lot of there's a lot of people sitting in the seat. And, and I, I wanted to help show you. Can I have some help from the band, by the way, uh, at each location? But this carnal Christian, Jesus is in their life, but not on their throne. I know this teaching has been so good, but I wanted to pause for a second because I want to connect with you. Go to MikeSignorelli.com. Tell me your story. Check out all these resources I have available for you. And would you consider financially partnering? It's because people say, I'm going to join my finances with this podcast that we're able to reach so many people around the world. And I'll tell you this, we are good soil to sow into. So I'll see you at MikeSignorelli.com. And Thank you so much for your financial gift. Okay, let's jump back in. So this is like, they're the decision maker. And, you know, they read a scripture. Matter of fact, I was, the people who sit in the carnal Christian seat, they love YouTube and Facebook prophets because they can hear from God through them instead of opening up their Bible for themselves. (laughs) So they don't want to tarry in prayer and fast and get, get a word from God. and no, like they don't want, It's easier, I just want to click and hear. I don't want to pray and receive. It's, these are carnal Christians because they're on the throne. Does this help you? Because I, I know, see, this is a hard sermon to preach, but the Bible says narrow is the road that leads to life, which means most people are going to be in this seat. Only a few are going to go to this other seat. I don't know if you want to go. But this last seat, this was the hardest transition I made because it cost you everything. See, in this seat, financial impropriety, adultery, in this seat, come on, all kinds of fill, porn addiction. In this seat, it's like it's God and self and you're just battling it out. I sinned again. I had a great worship experience. You know, it's like you're wrestling. This seat is like, you're just, oh, you know, I I got a college degree. I'm hustling. I'm doing the grind, but I'm praising Jesus for the results of my grind. Oh, I'm speaking to a root. I can feel it. And 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 then sometimes when you're feeling real bad about yourself, you say, well, at least I'm not this guy. Oh, at least I'm not this guy. And this guy's saying, bro, you're worse because at least I don't pretend to have it all together but there's another seat oh, I feel the anointing about to break <laughs> let me show you what this looks like I don't even know if I'm worthy I, I, don't, I don't know if I can do this I don't know if I can be that I, I, I don't I've never seen it before I, no, nobody before me you think about sitting in this seat but then you get a revelation by the Holy Spirit there's only one thing that's appropriate it's bowing It's only one thing that's appropriate because this is what's called the spirit led life and in the Christ directed spirit led life he's on the throne and you're empowered by him and all of a sudden at this place it's abba abba i belong to you abba i'm sorry i ever said i didn't have a dad because you're a great dad to me abba i know you're gonna meet all my needs i know you didn't get me this far to abandon me abba i'm surrendered i i'm here i i you have all of me i i don't know how to do it i know i'm still just like these guys I still sin like these guys, I still struggle like these guys, but what makes me different is that I'm here at your feet. (laughs) I keep coming back to this place because I want to be spirit-filled. In this place, you start, this is the level of surrenderedness. Abba, I have cancer. The doctor said that I'm going to die. I'm coming to you to ask for healing, but I know that you heal two ways. One is that these cancer cells are going to die. But if they don't, either way, I'm going to praise you whether it's here on earth or it's face-to-face because that other healing is the permanent one called salvation. And so I'm just completely surrendered. And so there is no death in this place. I'm spirit-filled, which means to be absent from this body is to be present with you. So no matter what, I'm worshiping you in spirit and in truth because you are good. Even if the world, even if that guy doesn't say that my situation is good, you're still good. So I worship you, God, from this place. God, I used to feel so lonely in this seat because this seat was all about community and I was forsaken and hurt by the church. But in here, I learned how to love you and then you taught me how to love your bride. And so I have covenant, covenant. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 15. This is the response, but the spiritual man the spiritually mature christian this is the amplified version judges all things what does that mean that the spirit-led man judges all things questions examines and applies what the holy spirit reveals and so all of a sudden when you're in this place the holy spirit will say hey son i i want to i want to help you i know that you think that that relationship is the one but she's not the one you've got to actually go this direction because i'm teaching you how to question and examine and apply everything i'm revealing to you this is a spirit-led life hey i know it looks like it on the surface and you've been single for a long time but i got better just pass it up just pass it up i'm gonna make her uh right for someone else and i'm working on her son but i'm working on you too and I, that season that single season is gonna come to and i'm working see you see what it says the spiritual man you're in this place hey i i know the, the in this place of communion the spirit says hey i know that your dad's dead and you're the only man that you see doing this. I know it's hard. I know you want to cuss them all out at work, but I'm going to give you gentleness and meekness and kindness and long suffering. Just stay in this place. You're spirit filled. I'm going to show you the reason why they talk about you at work. It's actually because they were abandoned and they were hurt and they were wounded and they're jealous of you, even though you don't think nothing of yourself, but they're just jealous of you. So I'm going to actually, next time you go to work, I'm going to give you a compassion that you never felt for them and you're going to see them with my eyes and then you're going to pity them because of how much pain's inside of them this is the spirit-filled life do you feel that this is the spirit-filled life he'll deal with things he'll work on things let's it says yet himself is judged by no one why because the unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature the rest of the verse says this for who has known the mind and the purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? Okay, listen, let me just read that again. For who has known the mind and the purposes of the Lord so as to, see, when you're here, you're the Christian who's trying to talk to God, tell God, I'm trying to instruct God. Oh no, God, I wanna go here. I wanna live here. I wanna do this. I, 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 I but the scripture says for who has known the mind and purposes here it's God wherever you tell me to go that's where I'll go God however you tell what well, you got this look I, I'm no one to know you God matter of fact this the people who are here when you enthrone yourself you start to function in worry this seat is a seat of worry why because you're the God and you know your limitations so you're a bad God you're a limited God this is what this seat is you're a limited god but watch this is the seat of i worship the unlimited god (laughs) i worship the unlimited god but we have the mind of christ to be guided by his thoughts and to be guided to be guided to be guided isn't that such a wonderful promise I want to read this last verse, and we're going to close. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk. The apostle said, hey, walk by the Spirit. Now, why did he have to say this? Come on, parents. Why do you tell your kids? Because sometimes you have to say it because nobody's doing it. So I'm standing in this apostolic office telling a whole bunch of people, hey, you forgot you are not a physical body having a spontaneous, random, every once in a while spiritual experience. You are a spirit having a very temporary physical experience in a body. Walk by the spirit. Come on, say it. Walk by the spirit. Come on, say it again. Walk by... By the Spirit, okay. Let me finish. He says, "Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do." Walk by when you walk into work on tuesday praise god for monday off and if you don't have monday off come to the altar we'll pray for you when you when you walk when you walk into work walk by the spirit oh wow i don't like this guy but i feel love and compassion because the spirit just showed me something walk by the spirit it's this is walk by the spirit why because if you walk by the spirit you will not gratify the desires of the flesh What's the desires of the flesh? Unforgiveness, malice, rage, anger. But what's the desire of the Spirit? Love, peace, patience, kindness. So walk by the Spirit. The Spirit will quicken you. 2012, in my garage, just live in my life. The Holy Spirit says, Mike, go to New York, start a church, give everything you can. Walk by, I don't know anybody in new york god walk by the spirit i don't have any money god walk by the spirit god i don't even know nothing about it i don't know god i my car barely even worked walk by the spirit oh come on i feel the anointing uh, you hear it walk walk by the spirit Daniel Santis there's a woman that came to our Easter services I need healing in my ears didn't receive it Daniel's walking by the Spirit he says come back next Sunday press in a little bit deeper and her miracle happens right here walk by the Spirit sometimes even in the natural said well she wasn't healed just turn her away but the Spirit says no provoke her for more <laughs> walk by the Spirit walk by the Spirit you feel that? walk by the spirit signs, miracles, wonders healing, deliverance salvations, walk by the spirit that's the walk you do so I want to pray for you right now across every campus let's just, if you you could just stay in your seats and just create a moment right now create a moment where you just if if you were in this middle seat or you were in this seat I hope that you were provoked to come over here because this is where the freedom's at. This is where the freedom's at. So right now, I want you to just take a few moments. I know it's been a long service. Just take a few moments. I'm going to pray for you. And then if you want, even with your own words, to rededicate your life that I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to go all the way. Father, I thank you for every single person right now that's choosing to walk by your spirit. That's choosing the meat, (laughs) which is obedience, the meat of obedience, the hard thing to chew on. That's going to say yes to whatever you say yes to. That's going to surrender completely, totally, fully. That's going to give everything. That's not going to hold anything back in reserve. Wow. Hey, I want to, if you need help, you could pray this with me right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, I unlock every door. I give you full access. I give you full permission. Come into every memory. Come into every thought. I give all of me to you right now. I surrender. I trust in you. I'm at peace in you. Jesus, here I am. Wash me clean renew a right spirit within me i am yours in jesus name amen okay wait 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 wait. let him respond now because he's gonna say something back to you right now i feel the presence of god come on now you talk now let the holy spirit talk Is he saying he's proud of you? Is he saying you're forgiven? I think somebody, maybe he's saying, I don't remember it, what you're referencing. I don't remember it. I forgave it and I forgot. I felt that, I don't remember it. Come on, let him respond. When I have these moments like this where I listen, I'll tell you what, sometimes I hear him say just different things. One time I heard him say, I love your laugh. One time the Holy Spirit told me that, I love your laugh. One time he told me, you haven't laughed like you used to laugh in a long time and I wanna hear it again. Whew, I don't know who that was for. Sometimes, I said this in the other service, but I feel it happening again. I love to drink um, sparkling water. That's my favorite. And somebody right now, maybe it's more than one, you're starting to feel like bubbles come up, like sparkling water bubbles, and it's the joy of the Lord. And you're starting to feel excited for the future again. And it feels like in your mind, the clouds are parting right now, and the sun is shining through. That's the light of Christ. I just, it's like little bubbles. You might feel bubbles and it's not because you're hungry because service went long, I promise. But I feel like there's like these little bubbles, like the joy of the Lord, joy of the Lord. Like the joy of the Lord, sometimes to me, it feels like anticipation and you, and it's a weird thing. Cause you're like, well, I don't know what I'm excited about, but, but it's faith. The joy of the Lord is connected to faith. So faith will have you anticipating something that you don't even know what it is. That's the joy of the Lord, like little bubbles in your soul right now. Some of you feel that. And the Lord's just bubbling up inside of you. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord has you anticipating something you don't even know. Matter of fact, I feel like the Lord's telling me to tell somebody the fact that you don't know, that's that's on purpose. And you keep saying, "God, show me, show me." He's like, no, "No, no, this is a roller coaster. You're supposed to have fun. Throw your hands up in the air. This is the joy of the Lord. Stop resisting. You're going to miss the ride. Stop. It, it, you're torturing yourself. I'm in control. Just enjoy the ride. Enjoy the drops. Enjoy the climbs. The joy of the Lord. I, some of you are like, Lord, you always show me what comes next. Why didn't you show me this time? He says, "Because it's, it's the it's the joy of the Lord. The ride. Just enjoy it. Here I am, Lord." little bubbles, little, little bubbles of anticipation of the joy of the Lord. Well, we are coming to the end of yet another incredible time together. Every Monday, every Wednesday and Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am posting a new podcast so that you can be equipped and learn and grow. And you know, if you got this far, you may want additional mentorship and you may wanna connect with me on a deeper level, which is why I have the Breakthrough Community. If you visit MikeSignorelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com You can become a monthly financial partner For $27 a month Or $297 for the entire year You can come into the Breakthrough community We do monthly Zooms Yes, monthly Zooms It's wild People from all over the world are there including prophetic seminars and teachings that literally are banned on other platforms. All of it's waiting for you, including a private Facebook group with all of the other Breakthrough community members. So again, go to mikesignarelli.com or BreakthroughTeaching.com and become a monthly partner. I can't wait to see you there. And I will see you in the next podcast episode.